For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. episode 186 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Wynn. And we're back. We've got uh, a little bit of stuff to talk about. Nothing too crazy. No title for episode 9 still. We'll see how uh, that plays out in the next couple of weeks. That's kind of crazy. I I thought it would be out by now, and I'm not even sure whether or not they're going to tease anything at the Super Bowl oh, or they, not. They're definitely not. I mean, I know they said they weren't, but isn't that uh, dead- what you do when you're trying to maintain a secret? Mm, Deadline, who's pretty up to, to date on this kind of stuff, said there's going to be no Star Wars trailer or anything during the Super Bowl. And you got to think like... When they did the solo one during the Super Bowl, they announced that ahead of time. So, yeah, to me, it like I've never thought they were going to. You know, every year except for last year with Solo, people get all excited and think there's going to be a Star Wars trailer or teaser during the Super Bowl, and there never is. Was did when did the Force Awakens first teaser trailer come out? The brief one came out. Yeah. So, with Force Awakens, we got a trailer uh, on Black Friday. That was the teaser trailer that where we saw all the characters for the first time, very briefly. Yeah, the very first one. Yes, that was on Black Friday. That uh, it starts off with Ray. Yes. Uh, actually, it starts off I with Finn popping up. Right, right. I watched that trailer so many times. So many times. So, that was Black Friday 2014. Um... And then we got the first full trailer or, you know, the next actual trailer. Because that's really a teaser if we're going to fucking split hairs or whatever. Right. Uh, that came at Celebrate 2015. Then the uh, classic behind-the-scenes look thing came during Comic-Con. The Mark Hamill real sets, practical effects. Um that thing getting back to the old ways of doing things 
came out, uh, yeah, uh, Comic-Con 2015. And then the final trailer came out on Monday Night Football sometime in October of 2015. I don't know the exact date on that one. <laughs> if I had to guess, we're, we're looking at a very similar schedule for Episode 9. you got to think Disney has a lot of movies coming out before episode nine this year that would probably be more benefited from a Super Bowl trailer. Captain Marvel, Endgame, uh, Far From Home, although I don't think there will be anything new from Far From Home because we just got that first trailer a couple weeks ago. Uh, Lion King, all kinds of other stuff coming out before Star Wars. And if I had to guess, we that I mean, I've, I'll stick to this. And for the record, I'd love to be wrong because I'd love to see something from episode nine before April. But I think the first trailer will be in April, personally, at Celebration. <clears throat> they just seem Can't to. Can't wait. Oh, I mean, really cannot wait. I mean, when you think about it, we're like <laughs> three and a half months away. If that's the case, it's not that long. I can be that patient. Not even three and a half, like right now, two and a half months away mm-hmm. from a possible trailer. Um, at the at the most, I would say. Uh, a title, we'll get that before then. We'll definitely hear the title for episode nine. Uh, I don't know when. Like, I just keep thinking, oh, it's going to happen. Um, I don't know if it's the case across the board. Granted, you know, with... Um, the spinoff movies with Rogue One and Solo, that's a different circumstance, but it seems to be with The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, their titles were announced um, right around the end of shooting. Like, uh, The Force Awakens title was announced on Twitter with a tweet that said something to the effect of, Principal photography on The Force Awakens wrapped today. And that's how they announced the title, right? So, that's, uh, if I had to guess, it'll be, I don't know. Because we don't really have a great idea of when they're going to be done shooting Episode 9. It's wrapping up. It's, It's getting close to the finish line. But, it's going to be sometime in February when it's done, so... I would expect we have a title by the end of February. That's fucking 28 days, though, to try and decipher when that's going to be. So maybe it'll be Monday. Maybe it'll be next Thursday. Maybe, you know, there's no telling. <clears throat> Do you think the title will have the word hope or return in it? Or even return of hope? I don't know. Um,. I've said before, I'm dog shit at trying to figure out a title for a new Star Wars movie. I mean, clearly so am I, but I'm just, I'm guessing here. Um, Because, you know, A New Hope is like, I guess, a reference to Luke. But uh, you could say, you know, Rey is kind of her own Luke-like New Hope in this era. Absolutely. So, it's interesting if you think... Like just so we got the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. 
both of those titles are very sort of like force jedi central they're very i mean force and jedi are in both of in, in you know in each of those titles so i wonder if it's going to continue with that theme is it going to be force slash jedi themed in some way you know um and then yeah. if you look at like a new hope that's talking about luke um if you the empire strikes back it's the empire getting revenge for the events of a new hope and then you don't really get anything in any of the titles um for the original trilogy like referring to the force or jedi or anything until return of the jedi right yeah then with the prequels you get uh the phantom menace which refers to palpatine uh attack of the clones obviously it's about the clones the beginning beginning of because sometimes it refers to a person or sometimes it refers to kind of the entire the entire movie's chapter title basically you know what i mean well honestly it kind of seems that it always refers to the general theme of the movie like i mean uh, yeah i mean it has to right like it's the title of the movie but you're but, right. Sometimes that theme, like that, can be centered around uh, a character, or you know, like a person or a character, right? Because, right. like, look, like Return of the Jedi is it, it's re- you can really take it as either Luke or Darth or Anakin, because Luke is the return of the Jedi, like to the galaxy, right? But yeah. what happens at the end of Return of the Jedi? Anakin Skywalker returns. It's literally a return of a Jedi. You know what I'm saying? He returns from the dark side, stops being right. Darth Vader, and becomes Anakin Skywalker again. The Last Jedi refers to Luke and Rey. Like, Luke is the last Jedi in the movie. And at the mm-hmm. end, he says, no, I will not be the last Jedi, referring to Rey, who is now the last Jedi. You see, what Right, I'm making her the last one. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I expect things will will heat up shortly. It just makes me wonder. I wish I had a better, like, date memory for Episode 7 stuff, for Force Awakens stuff. Because I remember the title being announced and, you know, when that trailer dropped. But past that... Think, I think we might have gotten some character names, and we definitely got character names and stuff before the next trailer came out. So, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see. I'll be interested to see what all bits of information we get before the first trailer. With it being J.J. Abrams, it may not be a whole lot because <clears throat> we've got a lot of new cast members. And I'm I'm getting kind of uh, anxious or antsy to hear their character names and stuff. Like I keep forgetting that Charlie from Lost is in episode nine. Yeah, right. Um, and he's, I wonder if he's going to be an alien or if he's going to be like you know like a Terran. Yeah, I imagine he's probably going to play a human, but I can't say that for sure. You know, he could make his. You never know. He, he could serve either purpose equally as well i think um equal droid too yeah yeah sort of like um old alan two dicks playing um even c-3po mm-hmm. well playing k2so and 
C-3PO. And anyways, we got lots of stuff to talk about this. Not I keep saying lots of stuff, but it's not a whole lot. Um, and we're going to get to that. We took a little title-related sound sidetrack. But I'm going to give you guys some business. Oh, I like that! You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can... Follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon page where every Monday we post bonus Blue Harvest podcasts. Podcasts like Blue Harvest Adventures, which just had a new episode drop. Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel. Cooking with Will which you guys might be seeing uh, very soon. Uh, oh No, It's Hall Solo, Jaws, and Steve versus the Prequels, which we posted a new episode of just a couple of weeks ago where Steve and I watched and talked about Attack of the Clones. So, uh, if you're interested and you want to check that out and you want to support this goofy little show, check it out at patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast uh and we are so excited to be part of the making star wars podcast network the home to a delicious bounty of star wars podcasts and what are we we're the parsley that it sits on top of (laughs) we are the kale Mm -hmm. that's it that lines the buffet at pizza hut (laughs) <laughs> there we go. We're the snot for guard. such lovely trimmings in the cornucopia. As now, this is podcasting: Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, uh, The Sith List, Rogue One, Podcast Two One Eight Seven, Idiots Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and the Cargo Hold. So there we go. A little business for you guys. That was good business. Thank you. I try. I try to give good business, short and sweet as possible. Um, I like it when it's hot and fast. So we got a little bit of stuff to talk about. That's probably my a little bit of stuff to talk about. Episode title. Um, we got some book stuff to talk about. We got uh, a little bit of a Mandalorian update from John Favreau. Going to talk about uh, one of the <clears throat> Resistance episodes that we haven't discussed yet, and then. Because you guys are the best, we're going to hear from a lot of you guys. As many of you guys as possible. Because we're backed up. We got voicemails. We got emails. We're going to get to them. We're going to hear from you guys. We're going we to got a space, them. and I need you to fill it. Mm. Overfilled. That space is like, damn, we got to expand. Stuffed crust. Over Overstuffed crust. Goatsy. <clears throat> All right. So, um... What do you let's spin the wheel of the three fucking things we got to talk about, Will? What do you want to do first? Resistance, book stuff, or Mandalorian? Let's do Mandalorian. I'm excited about that. Okay. So, you know, John Favreau has been teasing us with some pictures here and there on his official Instagram account. He's such a tease. Yeah, but you know what? At this point, the best kind of tease. We've seen more uh stuff from the mandalorian than we have from episode nine granted i think we're going to be getting that before episode nine so i guess it makes a little sense 
<laughs> but John Favreau definitely seems to be more in the school of Ryan Johnson promotion than J.J. Abrams, where, you know, throughout the production of The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson shared, uh, you know, just little behind-the-scenes pictures here and there. Never gave anything too big away. I, I believe the first time we saw the A-Wings were going to be in The Last Je Jedi were from one of those behind-the-scenes posters, but or pictures. Anyways, uh, John Favreau posted on his Instagram this week a picture of a droid. Why don't you tell us what we're seeing there, William? Uh, I believe that is the droid. I forget his designation, but the droid from A New Hope with the Bad Motivator. Mm-hmm. That's who it looks like, and that droid I'm would glowing. be... Oh, this droid's got a bad motivator. That would be R5-D4. R5-D4. He That's... looks dirty, too. He looks gross. So, uh, yeah, that's what it looks like uh, for... But he looks good. I mean, he looks like he did in A New Hope. <clears throat> right, which, I mean, is not to say he looked great in A New Hope, but damn. But he looks just like it, basically. And, you know, it is important to keep in mind that just because it's a droid that looks like that, it doesn't necessarily have to be R5. Um, I've seen a lot of people be like, it's, it's not necessarily R5-D4, which... I mean, I'm, I'm pretty damn sure it is. It's, look, it's a valid argument, but also, I just don't understand the thought process. If you want to put, like, an R5 droid, uh, in the show, and you want it to be a droid, a, a different droid than R5-D4, why not just give it a different color scheme? Right, right. So... What I was, you know, that leads me to think it's it's R5. <clears throat> and it looks like he's in, um, I don't know, some sort of sandy setting. There appears to be some steps behind him, or at least a step behind him. Um, the, the exciting thing to me from seeing this picture is if we do some, some quick math, which we all know I'm great at, R5-D4 plus a sandy location definitely makes me think that we along with many other people are correct in assuming that we're going to see Tatooine in this show I guess they could have taken you know R5 could have left Tatooine at some point after A New Hope but once again I don't know why you would do that why would you feature that droid who we've only seen briefly on Tatooine take him off of there and put him somewhere else sandy and desert desert like you know what i mean yeah doesn't make sense i think that's exciting i'm down to see i think so too uh one of our, our classic planets like you know i i definitely get sort of the why does tatooine have to be in every star wars movie and obviously that hasn't been the case in a little while but i also don't understand why if you're going to use a desert planet why do you have to make a new desert planet when you could just use Tatooine. Well, but because, yeah, like, you know, you, you made a new desert planet, okay, and it was Jakku, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which, to be fair, I understand, like, especially I, with Rey not being related to anybody, you don't want to set her on Tatooine. You see what I'm saying? But yeah, at this point, like... Look, Tatooine has a certain familiarity. It does. It yes. also has a certain remoteness, which is what mm -hmm. you want in a story like this because 
you know, if you think about it, Tatooine has the perfect amount of sparseness. It's kind of like the Wild West. Right. You know, it's not super metropolitan, but it's not super jungle. You know, it's not Endor. You know, it's... And from what we've seen of Tatooine, it is pretty varied as well with, like, you know, the canyons and stuff, like the Jabba's Palace is in and... Uh, some of the locations you see in like the prequels, especially Attack of the Clones. So why do I think desert planets keep coming up? Realistically, they're easy to shoot. Okay, mm-hmm. those settings remain sparse, like not populated by people. So if you want a wide open space shot, like deserts and canyons and things like that, are good places for that. Yeah, I would. I definitely agree with that to uh, you know a certain extent. With the Mandalorian, though, they seem to be a not filming in an actual desert. They're filming on sets. Like our buddy Jason has posted uh, about a billion pictures from the set of the Mandalorian. Right. And in those pictures, there was definitely something that appeared to be Jawas. So Jawas, sand, R5, D4, Tatooine. Right. Right. And, I'm sure they'll put in some, like, you know, drone footage or whatever of a deserty place, though, I would or, assume. Or plates is what they call it, where they go and, and film a location to use as a background or something. Or it'll be CG. Like, it won't look like they're just filming on a small area, you know. Right, They'll right. do it up. Um, they'll, they'll do it. They'll do it. I've, dude, the Galaxy of the Edge, I bet that's kick-ass. Mm-hmm. So, um, they, uh, they made me hit a pothole and I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say like, also don't expect R5D4 to be like a major focus in any episode. I imagine that's a cameo. You know what I mean? At best, like maybe he rolls through a scene or he's chilling in a scene. Like, I don't think. We're going to be getting a lot of R5-D4. I think it will be like um, just that delicious little cameo set dressing. He may be a tool. Like he may be a character for a while mm-hmm. and then he may be sold or, you know, taken like it could be. It definitely could be. But I, just, I don't know. I just I think that's, you know, because like another thing that John Favreau um, posted on his Instagram was like that ice cream maker looking machine that um, Will Rohood. Yeah, runs through the scene in Empire with. Like right. that's not going to be a featured plot device. I, that, you know what I mean? Uh, that I doubt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's probably gonna be some sort of set dressing where people are like I uh, bet somebody runs by with it. <laughs> yeah, out of perfect. Uh, out of posterity. Like I bet somebody <clears throat> But I I don't know, man. I, I just I figured in the sequel trilogy, we would see some sort of familiar planet at some point, um, and we haven't. So no, the fact that we're going to get one in the Mandalorian, at least, like yeah, we don't know um, that no classic planets are going to show up in. Um, so wait, the Mandalorian is set when? After Return of the Jedi. Well, see, then we still haven't gotten. I mean, we're getting old school planets, but not in the new era. Well, it's 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 in the newish era because it's after newish era. 
It's yeah, after, yeah. The, you know, it's three to five years after the fall of the Empire. So it's definitely closer to The Force Awakens than anything we've gotten in live action yet. I mean, right, right. So, um, yeah, it'll. I'm pretty stoked about it. Just to see Tatooine again, like... And it wasn't even that I specifically wanted Tatooine itself in the sequel trilogy, but I figured we'd see something we knew, like something like well, I, I, I mean, say it, all the time. it also makes common sense. We know that's where a crime syndicate is based. Or we was. know there's a well, it was yeah. We know there was a major, you know, underground black market crime syndicate being run from Jabba's palace. Yeah, and maybe that. I assume it's somebody's palace. I, I you know, clearly not Jabba's, but I wonder if they have established in the new canon who moved into Jabba's palace after Return of the Jedi, because I know that was a thing in the old Legends books, and I just nothing's coming to mind if they have established something about it's that. Boba Fett's fortress. He crawled up out of the Sarlacc and took it by force. See, this is the thing, dude. Because the Twi'lek, uh, what was his name? Uh, Bib Fortuna with his meth Bib Fortuna face was uh, meth fingernails. Yeah, being a feckless ruler. Um, the thing I was gonna say is like, so we got Tatooine. It's after Return of the Jedi. It's the Mandalorian. There's a guy in Mandalorian armor. I'm not going to get myself excited about it, but if Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc, like. Maybe this is when we find out. Like, or maybe it's just Tatooine. Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc and he got the hell off of Tatooine. I don't know that I would stick around on a planet for five years if I got thrown into the Sarlacc. Um, Dude, it would be cool if you run across him. Like, if you just kind of... Maybe not in the hood. I don't know. Like, you said it. you knew he lost his armor. For sure he lost his armor in the Sarlacc. Well, that seems to be the implication in the Aftermath books. This guy named Cobb Vanth finds a set of Mar of Mandalorian armor that appears to have been, like, eaten with acid. Like, pockmarked with acid marks. Right, right. And he gets it off of these Jawas. I believe it's Jawas. Um, and then he takes it and becomes, like, the new lawman in Tatooine. Um, so to me, the implication is that that's Boba Fett's armor and it's, it's eaten up like that because of the Sarlacc pit. But you know, once again, who knows? And we, even that's cool. So it's even cooler that he doesn't have his armor, right? You run across this old guy in a bar and you're like, oh, what, you know, this old geezer not or veteran looking guy. And then he just fucks a bunch of shit up and you're like, who the hell is this old man? And then come to find out, oh, that's fucking Boba Fett. Oh. He lost his armor. Like the fucking reveal of that. Like if they did something to that effect, like for one, I would, I would see the thing is, is like, I'm a stickler. Like. I think Tamora Morrison should play Boba Fett. Like, if he's out of the armor. That'd be cool. I'm fine with that. That's fine. Like, if... So, if the Mandalorian went into a I mean, if it's or something, a... Uh, what, is, what is his... His... Uh, Mallory. 
ethnicity. Maori. Uh, Maori. Yes. If it was like another Maori person or or Polynesian looking person, would you? Absolutely. Would you be cool with that? Yeah, I would. So I don't know exactly how old Boba Fett is supposed to be in the original trilogy. Like, I don't know how old he is in Attack of the Clones. Like, maybe nine or ten. Yeah, he's like he's like anywhere from eight to ten, I would think. Okay. To make it easy, let's say it's Maybe 10. even younger, seven. I don't know, yeah. Let's say he's, yeah. Let's say he's ten, just to make it easy. So how many years are between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith? So maybe... Maybe... Like three to five? Yeah. Once again, just to make it easy, let's say five. Okay. So that would make him 15 by the he's time 15 of Revenge of the Sith. By the Revenge of the Sith. 18 to 20 years later, once again, I know it's not exact, but just to make it nice and easy, let's say 20 years later is A New Hope, 35 and A New Hope. Three years later is Empire Strikes Back, so he'd be 38. His mid to late 30s is the, the, the trilogy. Right. So then by the time of... After the Return of the Jedi, we're talking 40s. Yeah, he would 40s, be in his 40s. 40s. So I would say like Tamora Morrison... Is definitely would be appropriate. I yeah, mean, right he, there. He's a, even if the man's in his fifties, he's in good enough shape to be right, like right. looking it, looking the part. So honestly, I think it would work. Um, but of course, that would be a dead giveaway. What if it was the Rock? No, thank you. <laughs> no, I just fucking I just, thank you. Sorry, I do I, not I, smell what I, you were cooking. I'm sorry, I'm Why sorry. would you do that to me? I don't me? know. It was just funny. I was like, it's like. I don't know. Pinching your nipples. I don't know. Oh my God, The Rock. No, no, man. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh. Anyways, let's move on. So uh, we had some stuff announced today, as far as books go. Um, we know that Galaxy's Edge is basically right around the corner. It's come, you know, it's going to open up. I believe the summer in California and then the fall in Orlando. And they announced, announced, they announced a shit ton of tie-in books and stuff um, that are going to be associated with uh, Galaxy's Edge. Um, There's going to be a comic series from Marvel. There's going to be a book from the author Delia Dawson, she wrote the Phasma novel that came out shortly before The Last Jedi, sort of in the lead up to The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be called Black Spire, which is like one of the central like locations on Batu, which is the planet that Galaxy's Edge is set on. That's a cool name. Yeah. They even mentioned the Black Spire in Solo. So they've been planting some little references and seeds to Batu and the Black Spire and, and a bunch of different stuff, like the Thrawn books and stuff, I believe had a reference to either the Black Spire or Batu. Um, you know, Batu was the planet we saw at the end of Star Tours when we wrote it last year. The planet that you end up on where you see like IG-88 and stuff or a IG-88 style dro- droid, that's Batu. <clears throat> um, 
so that's cool. I mean, I'm very excited about Galaxy's Edge. I definitely want to check it out someday. I don't know that like a whole like sort of promotional novel release schedule interests me that much. I'll check them out when I have the time to listen to an audiobook, but it's not something that I hear and I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, finally. Getting a book about a location at a theme park. But in these promotional items, they did announce two other books that I think sound pretty cool. Um, One of them is also being written by Delia Dawson, and it's called Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Um, And it's apparently a fairy tale take on episode one through eight. So those stories sort of retold in like the format of a fairy tale. Okay. On, I've been watching some Disney channel and on the Disney channel, Mm -hmm. there are these animated kind of like greatest hits, like star Wars greatest hits moments. Yeah. The galaxy of Avengers. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah, they, they are, are fucking I thought, awesome. I think we talked about them when they first <laughs> debuted, like on that Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're really cool. I, I think they're really neat, and I think it's a neat idea for promotional purposes to like... Very it, inspiring. Yeah. And, it captures and, the essence of the moment in the film mm-hmm. and the magic that it, it creates in your mind as well. Right. And... Uh, I also think it's a good tool to sort of introduce Star Wars to a younger kid in a more digestible, like, easy to understand. Like, you get the point really easily. Like, Luke Skywalker is a hero. He uses this mystical power called the Force, and he fights with a badass laser sword. You know what I mean? Uh, Darth Vader's the bad guy. Uh, Han and Chewie are ace pilots and they're best friends and they fly around in a kick-ass spaceship um so you know i think they're they're pretty much cool all around i would love to see i know it's not in the cards and i i wouldn't watch it in lieu of the original trilogy but i would love to see something more long form in that animation style absolutely you know um samurai jack me star wars yeah, it's a little more detailed than Samurai I mean, Jack, yeah, I think. Yeah, but, but like, I was just giving an approximation. You know, I'm not Samurai Jack me off. Um, I just, I am just really, I was impressed with the storytelling in Samurai Jack, and especially the way they ended it with that last, that last series, season yeah, series, whatever. for sure. And that was a neat in- instance where like. It came back after a long time. Right. And Samurai Jack as a concept to me drives home the nail, the point that storytelling without dialogue. Right. In a major way that I really respect. For sure. Um, well, you know, it's like um, the introduction to Ray in the force awakens like think of how long goes by when you first meet ray without a single bit of dialogue right <coughs> and you learn <coughs> so much about that character without a single bit of dialogue being spoken you know yeah 
Tom uh, the, and Jerry and Jen, Jendi Tarakovsky taught me a lot about the uh, without dialogue. The other book that they announced that I thought, like when I saw the cover, I was like, I got to show this to Will. It's called Star Wars Myth Myths and le- and legend. Fables. Myths and Fables, written That's by George Mann, and it has got a cover. That is the most Star Wars meets Frazetta shit I've ever seen. It's pretty crazy. Dude, I want a print of it. It is a Jedi standing on a rock. He's got a cloak, a blue lightsaber, and he's looking at a big ass fucking dragon. What I assume is maybe a crate dragon. It could very well be. Because... Uh, but it is a dragon. It's a space dragon. like. Yeah, and there's there's like a moon in the background. It's it To me, it looks like... The kind of Star Wars poster you would buy at a head shop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you turn on a black light and that thing fucking looks tight. I'm just impressed with that big ass beast and then the Jedi standing there. So um, the concept of this book is it's going to be a collection of myths and fables that are told in universe in the Star Wars universe. This will be a book that I'll get. You know, you know, I don't get a lot of the Star Wars ones, but this will be one that oh, I yeah. do. I, because I'll I'm a, too. I'm a lore hound. Like I love lore. Well, you and should these check myths out and fables are right up my alley. You should check out StarWars.com because they have an excerpt from this book that's uh, basically a legend of Tusken Raiders defeating a crate dragon. Oh wow! So. I think you should check that out just to get a taste uh, for it. It's know, very I cool. It, it, I thought it was very mm-hmm. cool. I'm hoping there's like some tasty artwork within the book as well, like in the vein of what we're getting on this cover. I, I'm enamored with this cover. Like I know it's not going to be a lot of people's things, but much like my buddy Will here, I also love D&D. To me, even sort of the border in the gold. Uh, Reminds me of a fantasy novel. That or like, you know, a, like an before, it, or an A D and D like module book. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I'm all about it. it I hope of, they have posters or something from this. You know, that split second when I first took the image in, like I saw the dragon and then the writer written at the bottom said George, and I just assumed it was gonna be a fantasy now, George R. R. Martin or some you know, like my brain just said fantasy, and I was like, no, this has Star Wars myths and fables in that. You guys hold a lightsaber. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i excited to check this one out. I think it's Dude, me too. one of the ones I'm most excited for. So, um, <clears throat> so we are not Technically, gonna... a wyvern. Why is it technically a wyvern? Because the difference between a wyvern and a dragon has hands. Okay, so it has four and legs. Technically... Yeah, it's got four legs and wings. Technically, you've never seen a dragon in a movie. Maybe in Dragonheart. But in Harry Potter, wyvern. In Game of Thrones, wyverns. Like, by tech, technically. You know, I know those are all still dragons. But I'm just saying technically. I see. By Dungeons and Dragons rules, to be a dragon, it needs to be able to stand on four legs and have yeah. wings. Not yes. have wings as its arms or its front legs. Yeah, not like, you know, the three fingers on the tips of the wings okay. or, you know, a hand on the end of the wings. Like, it, it, wyverns are like, you know, dragon chickens. They, you know, all their hind legs do the work. 
But uh, dragons have all four legs. That's the fucking Will Witten dropping knowledge horn right there. Yes, yes, you are welcome. Thank you. I did not know that. I knew there was a difference, and I knew even though there was a difference, they're kind of the same. Um, and in their personality, wyverns are like stupid beasts. Ah, and, and dragons, dragons are, are super intelligent. Some are. The chromatic dragons can be pretty stupid. Some of them. Well, then just call me Chromatic Dragon Burkhart. Um, no, man, they're evil. Oh. Um, well, then never mind. Uh, I don't consider myself evil. Uh, You'd be one of the Metallic Dragons. <laughs> fucking Metallica Dragon. Oh, did I tell you Jesse and I went to see Metallica? Uh, no. When did you go see Metallica? We went to see Metallica not this Tuesday, but last Tuesday. How was it? It was awesome. Jesse surprised me with tickets for it. Right on. Um, they played here in Birmingham. That's and I knew cool. they were coming, and I was just like, when we first look at tickets, they were very expensive, and we had Celebration coming, and Christmas right before and stuff, so like, right, right. I didn't jump on tickets, but apparently, uh, they dropped in price a little bit, and <laughs> our tickets uh, were for like nosebleed seats, uh, but you can't get a wheelchair up to those. So thanks to some mag- default magical wheelchair powers, we got sat in a private box. Whoa, nice. Yeah, Swank. man. Yeah, it was pretty nice. I like it was right up my alley because I'm not crammed in with a bunch of people. Uh I can see well. Like you know what I mean? Like see? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty sweet. It was pretty fucking sweet. It, the the stage production that those dudes did was insane for one single song they didn't do this the whole night for one song only these little uh cavities in the stage opened up and this concert was a concert in the round meaning the stage wasn't at one end of the arena it was in the middle and the crowd is all around the band 360 (coughs) Right? right so these cavities in the stage opened up and i don't know 30 to 40 mini drones flew out and up and around and over the stage in like uh formation, like synchronized and stuff. No. And they wow. were lit up and blinking to look like fireflies, basically, like fireflies going in and out. Yeah. It was it took like it took me out of the show because Jesse and I were trying to figure out how the fuck they were doing it. Yeah. And then when it hit that it was drones, like it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Anyways. That's quite a show, my friend. It was quite the show. That's neither here nor there. Um, So. Where's my Pink Floyd laser drone, drone show? Oh, I wish they did fucking laser light shows. Like I At think. The, um, like the, uh, what was it? The uh, planetarium. planetarium. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a thing that died out. It After did. oh it died out before we were of the age and mindset to approach it uh, appreciate yeah such before a thing. I really understood the pink yeah. floor before I crawled inside it and lived there for a while yeah I, I think uh, but damn I would I would love to see one of those um, so let's talk about Star Wars Resistance we're not going to cover both episodes that we haven't talked about yet because Will's on demand is acting yeah up. i went to the on demand and it said no nothing available and i was like 
come on now the last time I, I watched these they were like the whole season one was there and then I went and searched it like to see you know when it was airing that I could if I could get to the on demand through that and it wasn't it was like oh you can record upcoming shows I was like no yeah, no, it, it, it might just let be, me have it on demand. I don't know what was messed up. It might just be a glitch. I would check it over the next couple of days. If for some yeah. reason that still doesn't show up, maybe you do want to schedule it to record them just so we can stay on top of it. But yeah, yeah. It's, I've had glitches with like on demand and that kind of stuff. So I'm sure that's what it is. Um, but we are going to talk about the episode Dangerous Business. You saw that one, correct? I believe so, yeah. It's the one where Kaz... Uh, has to go work with Orca and Flix in their acquisition shop, like their their parts store. Yeah. To help pay for some parts or something that he's trying to get. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and um, like it's you know it's kind of like the episode Bebo. It kind of starts off as like a humorous romp that then sort of um. Morphs Serious in, is up a little bit. Yeah, morphs into something that actually seems pretty important to the plot. So basically, he gets hoodwinked, right? And right, this dude comes in looking for a super rare part, some sort of, I can't remember what they call it, some sort of mining device. And he tricks, um, Kaz can't sell it to him, but he basically tricks Kaz into tell him in the, telling him it's there and then has him deliver all these other parts to him. When that happens, locks him in a cargo crate with Bitey, the shop's pet, uh, Gorg, I think those things are called. And then the dude goes and steals the part. Kaz has to find his way out of a sticky situation. That's a sticky situation. That's a sticky situation right there. Um... And then, basically, long story short, you find out that the First Order is who was trying to get this guy to steal this part for him, and they really want it for some sort of mining purposes. So, you know. Again, mining, you assume, Kyber crystals? That's. I would think that that's at least a pretty good assumption. I don't know... I don't know that they would go back there, though, right? Like, they already have miniaturized Death Star tech. Yeah, and I don't know... So, I don't know if you're familiar with this sort of theory, but it seems to be one that might actually turn out to be true. Have you heard the theory that Starkiller Base in The Force Awakens is actually Ilum? I've heard that theory, yeah. Um... And that the reason they used it is because Ilum was so rich with kyber crystals, right? Right. But the general mechanism of Starkiller Base seems to be a little different than the Death Star. It doesn't seem like it's powered by kyber crystals because it draws the power in from a sun and then shoots that power out. Maybe the kyber crystals are used to store that energy and redirect it or something. But I don't know. Which provides an interesting concept that maybe when it was blown up, all that kyber crystal like spread across the galaxy, or at least the blast site, you know, planets within light years oh, of the. You know, I didn't even blast. think of that. But it, it also kind of implodes and turns into a sun. Yes, it does. Yes, so, it does. But yeah, that would That's be kind of cool if that, that fucking shot kyber crystal out across the galaxy. <clears throat> And that way Jedi would have to hunt for it 
you know, in the area that <coughs> Star right. Killer Base exploded, but I forgot it didn't explode; it imploded. Right, and we know that Ilum wasn't the only place you could get a Kyber crystal. No, um, it was just rich with it. Right, and all of my knowledge about it basically either comes from uh, the Clone Wars or that Clone Wars animated thing that didn't happen. That the Jindy Tarkovsky one that's not valid. Right, but anymore. they they did Ilum again in the canon Clone Wars. Right, right. Not the Clone Wars micro series. That's the term. Um, so, yeah, that's basically where my knowledge of Ilum comes from. But we know there's Kyber Crystals on Jeddah. So, I imagine those aren't the only two places you could find Kyber Crystals. But I do like the idea of it shooting Kyber Crystals out in at least that solar system. I mean, all we really know about Kyber Crystal is that it is a crystal that reacts to forced users or force-sensitive people, and it yeah, and you, and like they create strong energy. Yeah, and it sort of the the strongest stars have hearts are of Kyber. Right? Is that like? But is that a factoid, or is that is like, that a is that like a philosophy? Is right, that like a, like a, a wisdom? Uh, right. Right. We don't really know that. Um, and then, you know, we also know that, like, the way a Sith... Because back in the old legends, it was that Sith synthesized their crystals, their lightsaber yeah, crystals. Yeah, it was a fake. And yeah. that's why the, the beam was red. But now that's not the case. Now the case is they do this, like, Sith dark side Corruption ritual thing. Ritual. Right, that corrupts the crystal and turns it red. Or, if you're Ahsoka, you pur- purify a crystal or two... And turn them white. So. <clears throat> but yeah, I you know, I thought um, that episode of Resistance was fairly enjoyable. I think you'll dig the next one. Once again, not hugely impactful, but it's definitely ramping up. And it continues on uh, Sonara's storyline in a really cool way, I think. So, I'll yeah. be interested to see what you think of that one next yeah. week. Um. Never mind. Keep going. I forgot what I was gonna say. I lost my train of thought. It was gonna be good though. Oh, that reminds. Oh no, no, no! Me. I okay. remember now. Go for it. The the prime Jedi. Yes. Um, Ahsoka is such a fascinating character because in some aspects she seems more powerful than Luke. You know, Luke ever became until you know. Obviously, he's old Jedi master. I guess it's just because we never see anything after Return of the Jedi, but. You you get the feeling that Ahsoka is very powerful, and she seems to me to walk the path of the prime Jedi that that Luke talks about more so than the Jedi Order, like the the one that is in true balance with both the light and the dark. Right. I don't necessarily know if that's the case. I, would I don't say... either. But it's so compelling to me. That's what makes Ahsoka. So compelling and so fascinating. Right. And, you know, how are you going to write her end when she's so, she's kind of beyond a Jedi, to be honest. Well, you know, I'm pretty sure by the time of Rebels, she still doesn't consider herself a Jedi. You know, like. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, so she's, she's something else. I feel like that something else is, has transcended just simply a Jedi. Um, and I know like, I would definitely say she seems more powerful than Jedi we see in like the original trilogy. 
But part of that is probably because we've mainly seen her uh, just in a practical sense in animation. And in animation, things are a little heightened. You know what I mean? Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. Secondly, I would say, well, she's also probably more powerful because she was trained during the Clone Wars, during the height of the Jedi. By so, Anakin himself. Exactly. Um, and besides all that, she has had some crazy fucking circumstances happen to her that are pretty unique. Like the Mortis Trilogy stuff, um, the stuff like in the world between worlds and rebels and all that stuff. But when she's what they call Ahsoka the White at the end of Rebels and that epilogue when you see her coming to pick up Sabine to go look. Yeah, with, to go find Ezra. That shit is badass. It is. It is so badass. That's what I'm talking about. You know what's interesting? Uh, there's this lady, Tracy Canobio, I believe is what she calls herself on Twitter. She's associated with um, Lucasfilm, right? She... Yeah was saying on Twitter the other day, like, hey, if you're you're planning a costume for celebration and you need any character reference for it, meaning like, you know, pictures and details on the costume, uh, let me know. And I think she was specifically referring to like animated characters. And right. she said, except for Ahsoka the White, because per Dave Filoni. So like Dave Filoni is not letting them release like the character studies or the character costume details on her because I think there like might be, I don't know what it could be, but get the feeling. I guarantee it's a limited series for the Disney plus stream. No, no, no. I, well, I'm, they will absolutely pick up Ahsoka's story in some form in the future. No doubt. It's just, it's a matter of when, not if I think, but what I think I'm they're going to do another series where they find Ezra. I keep interrupting. I'm sorry. Continue with what you're saying. Well, I was going to say is he doesn't want those pictures of her out from the end of Rebels, like the like 360 version or whatever that they'll put out the character studies or and with all the detail and stuff because right there must be something in the. Well, that's details. what I'm saying. I assume that means there's going to they're going to do something else with her. Right, but what I'm saying is there's there must be a detail in her costume that. And I, I have no idea what it would be. There must be some sort oh, of detail know. or thing about that costume that he feels would give something away, is what I'm trying to say. And I don't know what don't, that detail could be or what it could be giving away. But Maybe they... And I mean, that's totally possible. It's also possible that they maybe haven't just settled on what exactly they're doing or what exactly her look is going to be. So they don't want something getting ahead of them. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> because you don't see her very clearly, do you? Like, it's only briefly. It is very brief. I mean, she's just sort of standing there looking kick-ass with her staff. Right. In, like, that white robe. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think if, you, if like, you were really dedicated and you wanted to make that costume, yeah. you could you get enough. Yeah. You could get enough from just a single screenshot to get a decent... But it's there's a reason... He's not releasing that, and I wonder what it is. And I wonder once, you know, Ahsoka's back in some form, if that will be evident. I don't know. I don't know because, you know, when when they do these um, character details, like it's a full 360 of the character, front, back, you know, like 
if the character has like a jacket, it's the character with and without the jacket. So you can see like right. what the shirt underneath looks like. So And they do that for like continuity, right? For like the animators and Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and just they release it like they're good about releasing that to the fans for like costuming purposes and stuff. Oh, I see. Because that's super helpful if you're trying to make yeah, a, a costume, cosplay. Yeah, costume of an animated character. Like having as many views of that character as possible is like, especially in super high detail with explanation. I mean, come yeah. on. All right, buddy. You want to do some uh, voicemails and some emails? I would love to hear from our wonderful moisture farmers. Let's listen to a little ditty by a dude named Steve. Kia D, Kia D, Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D, Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kia D, Cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! Blue Herb! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Witten! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Key&D! Cockhead! Cockhead! Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. So we're going to kick it off with a voicemail from King Tom. That's what we do around these parts. We talk about Star Wars. We play an adult spoof song. And then we hear from our buddy, the king, the king of all times. Hey there, Hoswell. So this year we are getting a ton of stuff in terms of Star Wars literature headed our way. And just today they announced that they're going to be putting out a bunch of books and a few comic books to tie in with Galaxy's Edge. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know that I'm going to be visiting any Disney property in the next foreseeable future to go to Galaxy's Edge. But some of these books, they do look pretty cool, and I I know I'll be into the story elements of it, even if I won't get to go and, you know, be part of Batu or whatever. But my favorite looking thing that we've seen so far that they gave us, I don't remember the title of the book exactly, but the picture has a Jedi up against a fucking dragon. I mean, how awesome is that? And the description of the book is that it explores like the mythology and lore of the Star Wars galaxy. And as if the picture on the cover of the book isn't enough. Just that idea of exploring the mythology of the mythology that we all know and love. Uh, that's something I really like the idea of. And I, I have seen a few people, oh, it's a Jedi and a dragon, what does this mean? And, and I'm not too concerned because you think back in Rebels, we saw Ezra becoming best friends with the space whales. In Attack of the Clones, Anakin, you know, used the Force to communicate with the beasts of the Colosseum. So it's not 
unseen to have the, the concept of using the Force to reach out to creatures. And it's a big galaxy. I'm sure there are huge, ginormous, you know, things like fucking dragons out there. So why not? My one idea, and this is kind of like a maybe a little bit of crazy hopefulness, but I'm just going to throw that at, this out there. Do you think they're going to use this to kind of ease us into the idea of concepts that we might see in the Benioff and Weiss and or Ryan Johnson movies? Ooh. I sure as hell hope so. And if not, I'll still be fine because we're getting Jedi against fucking dragons. Anyway, thanks for listening and thanks for the great podcast. I will talk to you guys later. Uh, that's a cool concept that I hadn't thought about, but it's cool as shit. Yeah, man. So it's called myths and fables, or do I have that backwards? Right. It's that's the gist of the title. I've already forgotten. And we just talked about it. Not that long ago. Yeah. Myths and fables. That's correct. (laughs) So, you know, I think that is going to be the context of the book is these aren't necessarily events that happened 100% the way they happened. They're myths and fables. They're passed down. It's that like age old game of telephone where details are heightened or lessened. You know what I mean? Right. But the fact that one of these myths or fables could come from either the Benioff and Weiss trilogy or the Ryan Johnson trilogy. If one of them takes place, you know, way before the prequel trilogy, Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, it is. That's a real cool idea. And I don't know why people would be up in arms about the dragon on the cover because, for one... Great dragons are established, number exactly. one. Exactly. We, we don't know that they necessarily are, like, flying dragons. I can't remember... Like, I remember crate Hell. dragons from Star Wars Galaxies. I remember fighting them, and they didn't have wings. But, um, you know, I don't know what how they're represented in, like, Star Wars canon. <clears throat> but, yeah, crate dragons are a thing. So why couldn't a flying fucking dragon be a thing? You know what I mean? I mean, just for all we know, like, that's not even a crate dragon. Like, it's a oh, totally I, different I dragon think it from is. a different... Yeah, I think it's a totally different creature if i had to guess i'm totally fine with fucking it's star wars is space fantasy dragons and, and giant serpents and giant creatures are like part of fantasy like we've gotten the rancor we've gotten a fucking pissed off yeti we've gotten like king tom said those beasts in the um the arena and attack of the clones we've gotten the fucking um uh, what are those monsters in The Force Awakens? What are those things called? Rathars? Rathars. We've gotten Rathars. So, look, we got all that shit. I don't know why we couldn't have a damn dragon in Star Wars. I'm all about it. <clears throat> all right. Next up, we have a voicemail from our buddy Sal, Sal Perales. Of now, this is podcasting and the Rogue Rebels podcast with he and his family, which is a delightful, yeah. fucking delightful listen. You guys should be checking that out if you're not already. Here we go. This is what our buddy Sal has to say. I bet it's going to be insightful as shit. 
Hey, what's up, Blue Harvest homies? I uh, just listened to the part in the episode where you guys were talking about Luke and his mission on the second Death Star and the whole, uh, you know, bad guy flipping and that's why the good guys are able to defeat the bad guys, kind of Huck's prediction of nines and stuff. So I just wanted to weigh in with my little, like, piece of info. And it's nothing revelatory, but I always thought when I was a kid, Luke's mission at that point had diverged from the Rebellion mission. Luke leaves the Rebellion to do their thing on Endor and just is like, nah, I'm going to go talk to my dad. Like, that's it. And um, he doesn't even do it. I think he doesn't do it with the prediction that it's all going to work out because he kind of says, like, goodbye to Leia. I have to go. I have to try. Like, those are his words to Leia. Like, there is, a, I felt that there's good in him. I have to try. And that's it. Like, and then he leaves her with, like, you have that power too. In time, you'll learn to use it. But you've always been strong. You know, like, so he, and then when he gets to, uh, when he gets to the Emperor, you know, the guy's like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Soon I will be, you know, I look forward to completing your training. And Luke is like, soon I'll be dead and you with me. You know, so I think at that point, Luke believes that even if he does redeem his father, father, yeah. father they're all going to die. Oscar Meyer, they're all going to die on the Death Star. So I think it goes beyond what uh, it goes beyond the rebellion's standpoint at that time. Like, even if he does turn his father, <clears throat> I think he fully expects to die there on the Death Star, you know, along with the rest of them. You know, but he just goes to make sure that he tries to do what's best for his family. You know, so I just always thought, even as a child, I always thought that that was like the most gangster thing Luke ever said. He was like, soon I'll be dead, homie. And you too. You know, so um, I just wanted to add that in there that uh, like Luke's quest was more of a personal quest at that time. And the rebellion won. You're right. With whether he would have, whether Vader turned or not the rebellion still would have won the day, you know? And I think Luke knew that he wasn't really needed. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to add that in. Peace. What'd I say? Insightful as shit. South Insightful as shit. Oscar Meyer. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I full on totally get what he's saying and agree. Like that definitely seems like the, the case, like Luke, is separate from the rebellion at that point. Like he, he definitely leaves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I always kind of wondered if it served a dual purpose, like a, he wanted to go talk to his father and see if he could turn him back to the light. Um, and also maybe provide a distraction to keep the emperor and Darth Vader distracted. So even if he was, unsuccessful it would take them off the 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 board for the battle of endor you know what i'm saying yeah it would keep them their focus on him while his friends did and so if that means he gets blown up with the death star that's fine because that means the emperor darth vader are gone his friends are successful and i mean he died but it was for the benefit of his his friends and the cause yeah he death. totally accepted that he was gonna die right like that's why he says, you know, soon I will be soon dead. Soon you'll, yeah, soon you'll be dead.
and but the shield generation wasn't operational but they got it you know got it in the end right right so all right uh next up we got a voicemail from our buddy jim let's hear what jim has to say the title of the 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 subject line is all mine i talked to goose today it was a good time all right, let's hear what Jim's has. This, Jim's. Jim's. Hawes and Chef Will. I'm not going to do the Mr. Crusher. Both connotations are negative, so we'll stick with Chef Will. Um, I will, since I'm giving you the recipe today, we'll call you that. Uh, I wanted to start off with a couple Star Wars things. Uh, first, um, Ponda Baba, uh, his arm got cut off and he's bleeding, and they're like, why didn't he carterize? Uh, maybe his species doesn't, their blood doesn't carterize, you know, maybe uh, doesn't coagulate. Their blood doesn't <clears> clot. It didn't, you know, that's what happened. Uh, I'd like to say that. But hey, uh, when you look online and look up that arm and that scene, <clears throat> you'll see a guy who's doing work uh, with a severed head of Pondabawa. And I'm curious about that. What <clears throat> do you know? Do you know more stories about that? Uh, and R2-D2's warranty running out for the jet? Uh, for the jets, what if you just got, uh, you had to order refillable, not refillable, um, you had to order cans of jet fuel, sort of like the propane tanks you get, Coleman, whatever, for your camp trips. Uh, what if, uh, you know, they just stopped making them and they couldn't get the filled up uh, deal anymore? So, the secret recipe. You take some uh, Hebrew nationals, beef, cut it, uh, hot dogs, cut Oscar it down the middle, Meyer. throw it on the pan, cook it uh, on a low setting, you know, so it, you just fry that good meat and uh, take your hot dog bun. Doesn't really matter what hot dog bun, but uh, put it uh, in your toaster, vertical, opened up. Um, as you're cooking the hot dog, then when it's done, flip it over, cook the other side so it's nice and toasted, and then uh, get some peanut butter and jelly. I know that sounds ridiculous, oh but uh, good old regular, you know, oh, I've never tried crunchy, wow. but I'd stick <laughs> stick with creamy. And uh, good old Concord grape jelly. And give that a throw the Hebrew National on there and have at it. Perfect dessert after a bologna Big Mac. Um, the whole idea of both of those together probably makes people get sick. But uh, if you're a processed meat fan, oh man, let me tell you what, that's some good, that's some good stuff there. By the way, I uh, changed the the windshield in my Honda Pilot. That thing's bright yellow, man. People think that it's lit up by lights, and I just tell them nope. But I can see deer coming off the road about a mile away. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I don't know what that was. I just got possessed by uh by goose hmm. ignite the green gentleman oh my goodness so i gotta wrap my head around this uh i don't know if that would be something i like because i'm weird like my whole family makes fun of me for it jesse makes fun of me for it like when say making a thanksgiving plate i'm that weirdo where like i don't want different foods touching like some people make their face thanksgiving plate and they're like mix all that shit together right now oh, gross. that's not me man like i like my savory 
separated from my sweet. So I don't know that this peanut butter and jelly hot dog. Well, it's all chilling in the same place on the inside. I know. It definitely comes out stuck together on it comes out the outside. That's always like when when anybody like gives because my family constantly gives me shit about this. I don't know why they just can't let me live. And like I, I don't make a big deal about them mixing all their shit together. Just let me not have my stuff touch. But they always it's going to the same place. That's not that's not the point. I'm not tasting it together in the same place. Anyways, mm. <clears throat> as far as the decapitated Ponda Baba head, um, I believe that originally he was going to have his arm cut off and be decapitated, and maybe that was a little too gruesome. Like they felt that was a little too much for the movie, and so that was cut out. I believe that's the case. Um, you want to know how, why I always thought his stump was bloody after it got cut off? Why is that? You know, the wound should have been cauterized by a lightsaber like Luke and all these other people we see. Uh, I thought maybe because it fell and hit the ground, it busted the end of the arm open. (coughs) That makes a lot of sense. But I'm no alien physicist. I mean, it's just as as uh, valid an answer you know the in universe uh aqualicious blood <coughs> don't clot right i mean if that was in a i would be like okay i mean maybe that's a little too deep of a dive for you guys to explain but whatever i dig it hey it space me. science that's all i got for you right there yep all right next up we've got a I believe a first-time caller from our buddy Eric. Let's hear what he has to say. What's up, Pauls and Will? This is Eric from Austin, Texas. I started listening to you guys back in October, and I'm really liking it so far. I listen to a lot of Star Wars podcasts, and you guys have definitely become my number one go-to. So I wanted to throw something out there for you guys. There's been a lot of talk as to what's going to happen with Kylo at the end of Episode Nine. Whether he's going to be redeemed or not, most of the conversation seems to involve his death. So I wanted to ask you guys... What if he doesn't die? What would you guys like to see happen to Kylo if he lives? What I think would be cool is for him to get redeemed and then whether by choice or not, somehow end up getting exiled or stranded out in the far reaches of the galaxy with no apparent way of returning. Similar to what happened to Ezra and Thrawn at the end of Rebels. This would leave it open for future Star Wars movies, books, and shows to reference or throw out Easter eggs about what happened to Kylo or what is happening to Kylo. It would also leave it open for them to bring him back in a later project, possibly. So how about that? All right, y'all. Thanks for listening, and keep up the good work. Thanks, buddy. Did you write that down? Because that sure sounds like either you wrote that down, which I'm totally down with. Like, I understand, like, wanting to write it down so you don't, like, go off the script too much. But that if that wasn't written down, damn. Concise. Well put. Exactly one minute. Exactly one minute. That's a good question. Uh, it was a good question. Um, so, <clears throat> I could definitely see that being some sort of option for Kylo. And I think we've even talked about before, like maybe some sort of exile is in the oh, cards yeah. for, for Kylo. The one thing that I want, if if Kylo does survive, I'll get over it. I think he's got to die. But I'll, I'll, if he survives, I'll get over it. 
I don't want another trilogy of Kylo Ren and his redemption story. If if you're doing Kylo Ren's redemption story or his penance story, like I give me a one shot of that. Yeah. Um. So if that were to happen, Mike and Kylo was either you know sent off into exile or ended up in exile some way, right? I right. think it could be very cool. Say by the next generation of Star Wars, say, you know, if they do an episode 10, 11, or 12, like Kylo, like what he's talking about, Kylo is like the legend of Kylo or Ben Solo is almost, it's like a legend. Like he hasn't been seen in a while. And then what if he fucking shows up and saves the day in episode 11 or at the end of episode 10? No, no. Why not? shows up and saves the day i'm not i don't know if i'm into it why not i don't know i'm just saying like because if i don't get to see his redemption i don't know that it's uh, that i'll feel it you know i'll i would say like if you're I don't think it's going like if I think if you do this, like in the off chance that they do this, that they send Kylo off into some unknown area or he sent off, he goes off into exile. Like, I think that will be part of sort of the wrapping up and quote unquote redemption of his character at the end of episode nine or the beginning steps of it. You know what I mean? So like if we're talking years later i'm not talking like episode 10 comes out and it's set four years after episode nine i'm saying like what if it's the next generation you know and kylo's a much older man like what if kylo is the age of like ben kenobi you know what i'm saying i could dig that i could dig that so not that like he just shows up a couple of years later and everything's cool but like what if he is like the implication, and like I said, throughout the the story, you get like hints of the legend of Ben Solo. Like Ben Solo hasn't been seen since the end of the war with the First Order, but there's legends of him doing shit out in the galaxy. But nobody knows if it's true because he's, you know, like he's not front and center. He's, he's like um, Kane in Kung Fu. You know what I mean? Okay. And then he shows up (coughs) and like the implication would be that he's spent years in exile trying to make it right, trying to set right the wrongs he did. Right. But that's the implication. That's what I'm saying. You don't get to see him do that work. You just kind of, to me, it would be jarring to go from, from one to the other. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. You would have to do something in episode nine that would start him on that path, whether it be like, doing something that brings the first order down or saving Ray or saving Leia or something. I still don't think that's enough. Like I think I'm not saying it's absolutely enough, but I'm saying it's the start. It starts him on that path. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The good guy path. And then like, they're like, Hey man, this does not excuse the shit you did, but you, you like get out of here or whatever. I don't know the circumstances. I'm just saying, from a hypothetical standpoint, if that's the way they're going to go, like 
if Kylo doesn't die, they're going to do something with him again. Be it in books, be it in comics, be it in movies, years and years from now. Like, they don't kill off Kylo in Episode Nine, then there's more Kylo story to tell in some form, right? I would assume. There could be, yeah. So, I don't... I, I don't see a world where he survives and there's not more story to tell eventually. Like I said, not right away. <clears throat> I could just see like, I don't know. The, I think the reason I like it so much is because not it's not my favorite. Like I still kind of feel like Kylo is going to die. But um, the reason I do like it is because it reminds me of something that Sal, who we just heard from, brought up was... You know, in Tales of the Jedi, um, Ulick is, Ulick Keldroma is uh, cut off from the Force. That's how he's defeated. Like the Jedi right. bound together and cut him off from the Force. And then he goes into exile. And he is sort of redeemed years and years later when a Jedi, like a lady who wants to be a Jedi, but they won't let her train, seeks him out and finds him and he trains her. That's sort of like part of his redemption. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that kind of idea I think was well done in those comics and I'm a big fan of those comics. So if they did something like that with Kylo, um, you know, I think that could be just as good as Vader killing a bunch of kids, killing a bunch of rebel heroes, fucking torturing his daughter, cutting off his son's hand and then throwing an old guy down in the hole in a hole, and we're like, "All right, man, good job." You know, I don't know. I'm not writing Star Wars. If if that was the pitch for an episode, like another trilogy, is that Ben would show up <coughs> and be a good guy? It's up to them to do that that storyline in a way that's satisfying to me. I just think there is a way they could do it. That makes sense without it being a whole movie of him redeeming himself, but. Um, honestly, I feel like Ray is going to be who carries on the story after the sequel trilogy. So if there is ever an, a 10, 11, 12, it will be, um, sort of based off the idea of either Ray comes back, you know, and it's further adventures of Ray and her being a Jedi and maybe training other Jedi, or it's you know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not the aftermath, but like the, uh, the, I don't know. Denouement? Uh, way too fancy a word for me, my friend. Uh, I the guess, ending? Based, I guess not so much the ending, the aftermath. The epilogue. More so like, I guess, aftermath of Ray. Being who, so like what I'm saying is that like maybe it's set after Ray is no longer around, but the galaxy is sort of in the shape and place that it is because of Ray's influence on the galaxy after episode nine. You see what I mean? Like, yeah, like maybe there's a reborn Jedi order or something, and it's because of Ray. And Ray would obviously be referenced. I want there to be more. Ray stories after episode nine. So I hope, you know, if 10, 11, 12 ever become a thing, it's more Ray and new characters. Like 
if they're going to be doing like saga films, like enumerated episodes, I would hope that occasionally it would be the passing on to the next generation. That way the story just keeps going. Right. All right. <clears throat> next up, we've got another email about the Kylo turn. This is from John. Hey, Halls and Will. Hope you're both doing well. Last week's email from Sean got me thinking on a couple of things. Firstly, having Kylo Ren and Rey join up after Kylo is kicked out of the First Order. Love the idea, but I disagree with Kylo having to die. There have been a lot of talk of balance, especially between Rey and Kylo being the two sides of the coin. In that respect, I can't see that killing off Kylo will allow that thread to end well. Perhaps Bendemption doesn't happen, but rather than sacrificing himself, he is either imprisoned or goes into exile. Either way, he needs to be a dark side user, allowing Rey to stay on the light side and maintaining the balance in the Force. Secondly, the idea about resist the Resistance getting help from a rogue First Order troopers is a great one, but would it be enough? Perhaps they get some extra help from other factions. Mandalorians would be a great group to bring in, especially with all of the Mando content coming this year. And what about the Chiss Ascendancy? They could be introduced early on in the film, and with their fear of something terrible coming from outside the galaxy we hear about in Thrawn, they could make a deal to help the Resistance and return get help from the Resistance in what becomes the future episode 10 through 12. Just a few thoughts. Thought, sorry for it being a long one. Keep up the great work. Cheers, Johnny. Um, <clears throat> so, I don't know about you, but I get the feeling, and maybe I just interpret it wrong or read it wrong, but I feel like the concept of balance in the sequel trilogy is a little bit different than how it was portrayed by George Lucas. I completely agree. And even, um, and I get where that concept from. I think that concept comes from the Mortis arc. You know how the daughter was the embodiment of light and the son right. was the embodiment of dark. You know, I don't necessarily think, you know, they both died and the force is still balancing itself, you know, attempting to. But see, like, I don't, for one, I don't think that Kylo needs to be around for there to be a dark side or a dark side user. Like, that's the thing. Like, Vader returning to the light and sacrificing himself and killing the Emperor, Emperor was not the end of the dark side in the, u the universe. There was always going to be people who took the easy path, the more seductive path to the dark side. You know what I mean? So... Right. To me, the concept of balance, I always felt was the Sith. The Sith were what threw the balance off. Because they were something separate from the Jedi, or from the light side and the dark side. They were like, like the, the analogy that Jason always uses that I believe came from like George Lucas was that like if you have a completely balanced body that's like a body that's without any tumors or like sickness or disease sith were like a cancer in the galaxy so to balance the force the sith had to be eliminated right right now, <clears throat> maybe you have to change that concept a little bit for there to even be a sequel trilogy you know and 
Yeah, because, I mean, you've got Luke going on about it. And you're not sure. Because you got Luke going on about it, and you also got Snoke talking about, uh, as you got more powerful, so would your, you know, your equal in the light would rise. Right. That implies balance. You know, that's, I assume that's an explanation of part of it. You know, I don't know, but it's, the force is still balancing itself. You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, see, what I'm saying even is... Snoke implies. If Kylo does die, he's not going to be the last bad guy or last evil force user ever. Like, it's there's it's always going... There's always going to be someone that ends up taking that path and uses the dark side to tr- for power of some sort. And you know even if he does come back to the light side, like is it the, the force will balance itself in some, you know, right. There will be another the dark side. Sometime. will Right. Right. You know, the dark side will refresh itself. So I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong. Like, like I said, they could be taking the concept of balance in a, in a completely different way. And it, honestly, it kind of seems that way with this whole concept of the prime Jedi and things like that that were loosely introduced in the last Jedi. We didn't get a whole lot about them. So it could really be any of that. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we got an email from do it with me. Will Utah. Utah Dougie. Hawes and will recently picked up, picked up an Xbox one with game pass. It comes with a free halo five download. Halo used to be my jam, but I fell off out off of playing around three if you guys are still playing i would love to join you up once in a while dougie well dougie it's interesting that you mentioned that because will and i just last weekend were talking about playing some halo not halo 5 but halo halo 3 we were indeed talking about that so you should download if you got the game pass you should download the uh master chief collection and uh, get that Halo 3 kicking. I might do that this weekend if I can tear myself away from Kingdom Hearts 3 at all. Is that good? Uh, it's real good. I haven't played a ton, but I'm really... It's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. Like, graphically. It's amazing looking. <clears throat> all right. So, I have another email from our buddy H. Jacoby. Hello there, sirs, Halls, and Will. H. Jacoby here again. Thanks for taking my question last week. I really appreciate it. As I briefly alluded to last week, here's the story about how I became a weekly listener and big fan of Blue Harvest. The very first podcast I started listening to was a Star Wars podcast, Star Wars Minute. If you haven't heard of them, you should give them a listen. Their concept and show is brilliant. Each episode is dedicated to one minute of a Star Wars film, and they try to talk about everything in-universe and behind the scenes. They started with A New Hope and went through each movie in release order, minute by minute. As of this week, they're about one hour into The Force Awakens. They have a new guest each week. For one week, they had our buddy Steel Saunders on the show. I was instantly a fan of his. I love his take on Star Wars, and his personality is just great. So I subscribed to Steel Wars. Fast forward to his live reaction episode last May, and Halls was one of the guests. Similar to how I found Steel, I was instantly a fan of Halls and his personality. Loved your take and thoughts on the movie and how you interacted with the other guests. So I gave your podcast a shot. 
The first episode I listened to was 150, your solo reaction show. Loved it, and I have listened weekly ever since. I started over at episode one and have been listening at work as I go. Got to say, you two fellows really helped the day go by. Thank you for that. Today, uh, the 22nd of January, I got to episode 50, Evan's first appearance on the show. It's all been really good stuff. Now that that's out of the way, here's another question I wanted to throw at you. We know that Ray has the books from the first Jedi library. Do you think that the prophecy of the Chosen One is in one of those books? And if it is, and that's a big if, how do you think she would interpret its application? Would she think this Chosen One? Who would she think this Chosen One is or was? I know this is something that very likely won't be addressed in Episode 9, but it's just further fun things to speculate on and have friendly discussions about. Hope all is well with you two. Keep on keeping on, fellas. Your buddy from Portland, Oregon, H. Jacoby. Thanks, buddy. I have listened to Star Wars Minute, and that is... have That is... Those dudes, as far as I know, were the guys that basically came up with that concept of dissecting something minute by minute like each episode is dedicated to one minute of a particular movie like i think there's one about the godfather out there there's one about terminator out there like i'm pretty sure those guys started it okay it's it's a really good podcast um what do you think do you think the prophecy of the chosen one is in those books i really don't know it's possible I mean, as far as I know, that she would have no idea whether that prophecy had come to pass or not. You know, unless Luke telepathically tells her about the prophecy of the chosen one and how that was her dad, and you know, yada yada yada, whatever. Well, there's also Leia. She could get maybe some of that information from Leia. She might, but I doubt it. I doubt that would happen. I, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, they would have had to shoot new stuff, right? Well, no, I'm not saying. Let's say this happens in between the movies. Like, I don't think we'll see her reading those books and be like, ooh, the prophecy of the chosen one. I'm saying, like, what if this happens in between the movies? I see. Like, it's possible. I, you know, like, just, just yeah. thinking of who she could talk to about that who might right, have some information, right. that could be Leia. It could be the Force Ghost of Luke. It could be, um, she might think, who knows? I, for some reason, I kind of think those books might be older than the prophecy. Like, I don't have any thing to base that off of. I kind of feel that way too. I don't, yeah, I don't have any information to base that off, but it does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? Kind of feels like those are... Like, those are like the, uh, the fucking, like, oh, That was when Jedi was writing things on paper. Exactly, exactly. Like, um, the prophecy might have come about, you know, where they were still using computers, you know, like a hundred years ago or whatever. Right. That would be interesting. I would, you know, the prophecy of the chosen one is one of those things. I'm pretty much fine with them. Not really addressing much anymore because I think at this point, just like the other thing we were talking about, the balance thing, like that's an element of star Wars. You're going to have to change a little bit for there to be further star Wars movies. So, I, you know, personally, I feel like Ray is the new chosen one. You know what I mean? Like she is, you know, like Snoke says, like powerful light or, you know, um, I was about to quote Luke, like 
you know, that a Jedi would rise or someone in the light would rise to to face Kylo, to me that sort of indicates that Rey is the chosen one for this generation, right? <clears throat> All right. We got one from our buddy Eddie. Hey, Halls and Will. Eddie from Austin here. That's another person from Austin. I wanted to write in again because I've been binging, been binge watching Resistance to cap, catch up, and aside from completely falling in love with how the show is, I noticed something very interesting in one of the episodes. It was in episode six, The Children of Tehar, when Nico tries to say the word children, but pronounces it child Ren by mistake. It kind of stuck out to me. This is also the first episode of Resistance I can recall that mentioned Kylo Ren by name. And the fact that Nico did this in the same episode made me feel like Filoni was winking at us in a very subtle manner. Instantly thought about the Blue Harvest episode from a few weeks back when you guys did the Star Wars name game to come up with your Star Wars, what your Star Wars name would be. Call me crazy, but I think Filoni was giving away a nod here to the brainstorming process of how Abrams and Kasdan came up with Kylo Ren's name. If you write out the phrase Skywalker slash Solo Children, then play a little bit of the Star Wars name game with it, you come up with Skylo Ren. First syllable of Skylo, plus last syllable of Solo, plus last syllable of Children. Then you simply cross out the S and get Kylo Ren, which sounds way cooler than Skylo Ren. Seems so simple, but makes perfect sense to me. If I were writing a Star Wars flick, that's exactly how I would try to come up with names for one of these wacky fuckers. But who knows? Either way, it's a fun coincidence, and I thought you guys would get a kick out of it. I doubt I'm the first person to hypothesize? hypothesize this, but I would love to hear your thoughts anyway. Thanks for all the laughs and insight every week. Stay cool, homies. Eddie from Austin. I think they did some, I don't know if, you know, they did that exact formula, but I think there was some shenanigans behind the name Kylo. Like, because there is like Sky, Kai, Solo, Low, Skylo, Kylo. You see what I'm saying? See yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are I you on me and, on Eddie's side on this, Will? I'm, I'll feel you. I'll feel you. you yeah, feel yeah, yeah. I'm there. All right. Um. I'm feeling what you're putting down. Speaking of episode or episode nine, resistance. I've been meaning to bring this up. I can't believe we didn't talk about it in the when we were talking about the episode. You know, in Bebo, the one where um, Niku gets his pet, they go yeah. down into like the guts of the Colossus, and they see those kids from the Children of Tehar again. Yeah, yeah. She has a Force premonition, does she not? Where he's like her the the girl's brother is like she had this dream and a lot of times her dreams come true or something like that you remember that yeah yeah i think that was like a not so huddle hit that she might be force sensitive or something so i totally think she's force sensitive i wonder well past that i wonder if that pays off or turns in into anything down the road oh it would be cool yeah <clears throat> All right, next up, we've got an email from our buddy Justin. Hey, Halls and Will, I wanted to write you in and thank you guys for last week's touching tribute to Joe. 
Unfortunately, I never got much of a chance to interact with Joe through Twitter and such, but his presence through the show has been a staple since the days I first started listening to the podcast. The episode in which Joe guested on was definitely one of the first episodes that I heard when I began listening to Star Wars podcasts a couple of years ago, and hearing again was a fun trip down memory lane. I remember hearing you guys interact with guys like Joe, King Tom, and Steve, which I thought really gave this show a sense of community. I felt like might have been lacking in other shows I was trying out at the time. It really does feel like Blue Harvest is a family with all of the awesome moisture farmers out there. That sense of community always struck me as, and is a big reason that Blue Harvest is still absolutely one of my favorite podcasts. So I must thank, say a thank you to you, Halls and Will, and of course, Joe. On a lighter note, I would wanted to throw in my own Star Wars misconceptions. Oh, I love these. From my early years to add on to the ones we've heard from some of our fellow listeners in the past few weeks. In 1997, I totally thought that the Death Star was a formation of multiple Star Wars because of their wedge shape. Because what was six-year-old can really understand geometry. Anyways, thanks for reading, Justin. Dude, that's awesome. He thought like... Multiple Star Destroyers? Like linked up like a Transformer or something to form the Death Star? (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, if they all like were pointed at the same part three-dimensionally you could make a sphere of yeah it would be would it be a sphere or would it be more like um one of those origami spheres you know what i mean like yeah i, I yeah. mean but hey let's see that in a star wars movie let's see a bunch of big ships link up like that i think that was fucking badass <clears throat> oh my goodness you uh, you have the the super star destroyer fly into the Death Star, but in not like in a destructive in like a transformery Power Rangers. Uh oh, that combine into the super star destroyer, uh, Death Star. All right. Uh, next up we have an email from our buddy Javier. Uh, first time emailer. Hey, Halls and Will Javier here, and first off, love your soap. My favorite podcast, Faux Show. Started listening to the podcast in September and fell in love with your show and the rest of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. So, I've been thinking about the <clears throat> about Episode 9 just like everyone else. And of course I have my wishes and do don'ts and do's. But what I've wanted to talk about is how this movie is going to open up. We know it takes place about a year after The Last Jedi. This means Rey should hopefully be more tuned in with the Force and know her new place in the Resistance. I'd love for this movie to jump straight into a ground battle. You see Ray running towards some troopers holding the repaired legacy saber. Then maybe zoom out to Poe and his X-Wing in a, battle, in a space battle above this planet. This could give us a cool, this is Star Wars opening for our last movie in the Skywalker saga. Now the part I'm still on the fence about is, but think it would be cool as if behind Ray was another Force user. Not necessarily a Padawan, but someone she found along the way is learning the ways of the Jedi alongside her. Maybe someone Force Ghost Luke told her to find? I know this trilogy is about Kylo and Rey, but adding another Jedi to be would be a good way to show there's hope for the Jedi Order in future trilogies. Well, what do you guys think? And what are you two hoping to see after the opening crawl? Love the show and keep up the amazing work. Best regards, Javier. That is an interesting question. Um, 
I'd love to see more force users in uh, in episode nine, but I don't I don't know if there's enough time to do everything you need to do and introduce a new force user. I don't think there is, but I mean, mm, I guess maybe the, maybe the kid with the broomstick if he comes back, like right, but. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you would really do it. But once again... Unless I, unless you... I mean, unless we get to see Ray's disciples. Yeah. It just I seems mean, awfully just, quick. I kind of assumed she wouldn't go right to disciples. Right. It seems awfully quick for her to have disciples like a year later. Right. Um, and the question for me is whether uh, episode nine is going to start off on a high action note. A la... Revenge of the Sith and um, The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi starts off on a pretty high action note. Or will it start off a little slower paced like Return of the Jedi where you know it starts off with um, the Emperor showing up on the Death Star and C-3PO and R2-D2 uh, going up to Jabba's palace, really the action doesn't kick in until like the Rancor fight. And then it... So Luke shows up and then it pops off. Yeah, so I kind of wonder if... It may not necessarily start off like slower pace like that. It may start on an action note, but I kind of feel like they may... I... What were you going to say, buddy? I'm just wondering if there's a time jump, if they'll make an attempt at catch-up, or if they'll like if they'll just kind of start the story and you just make assumptions i mean that's my kind of favorite way to do it but i, I think they'll wonder yeah I, I think they will drop us in the the crawl will give us any hugely important information about what's that's true taking place between eight and nine and then they'll just drop us in be there it be it drop a drop in at a slower moment or an action-filled moment but i kind of feel like they'll hold ray back for at least a little bit you know what I mean? Where she won't. I agree. I think, yeah. I think we'll catch up with her last. You yeah. know what I mean? And it'll be, you know, not like a copy of Return of the Jedi, but re- very Return of the Jedi-esque where she shows up to help out her friends or at just the right moment, like when they need her most or it's all part of some big plan, you know? Yeah, her her arrival is the crux of the the plan or whatever. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, I am starting to get a little hoarse. I've done talking my damn ass full head off. You got a pony? Um, you said you got a little horse. So we did not get to all the emails tonight. We still have one from our buddy Dave. We still have one from Colton. We still have one from Josh. We've got a second one from Utah. Dougie. Dougie. So we will get to you guys next week. You know how we do. No moisture farmer left behind for too long. Um, thanks for recording with me, buddy. Dude, thanks for having me. We should get on some Halo 3 for a couple of matches this weekend. We really should. Hit me up if you want to do that. I, I get on a fucking... Uh, get on a ghost. Cause Hell some havoc. yeah. Get a warthog with my buddy. We'll play some multi-team. Multi-team? Get my battle rifle on. Stick somebody with a plasma grenade. <coughs> Sounds wonderful. Guys, uh, if you like 
our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stone Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonecobra.bandcamp.com. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you have a chance and haven't done so already. It really helps us out. And we'll see you guys next week. Will we be talking about an episode nine title? Maybe. Who knows? Probably. I don't even know about probably. I don't even want to say probably because I feel like I'll jinx it. I'll be talking about it just like I was talking about it this week. (laughs) Well, I mean an official one. Oh, I doubt it. Episode nine, Boba Fett's big fucking birthday. We'll see you guys next week. This has been Blue Harvest. I'm Hans Burkhart. And I am Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.